I mean, you did a very good job covering uh, everything. I, there's nothing that I can add. So, uh, yeah, again, oh, holy crap. <laughs> you <laughs> wait, need to wait, put this on bell. your resume. Ring the bell, Tony. That's great. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Well, here we are again, and this is usually the part where I complain uh, and ask you guys to do something uh, for the show. And I'm going to do it a little different tonight. Um, maybe go for the feels a bit. I just want to tell you guys thank you. Uh, I, I think everybody has a story like this where they, they've worked at a job, they've done a good job, they've worked hard at it. And then for some reason, they just say, hey, uh, well, uh, we got to uh, see you later there. And, uh, you know, if you'd like to do this, we don't know what we what your title will be. But, you know, we're not asking you to leave or anything. But here's a severance package if you'd like to leave. <laughs> well, that happened to me uh, many years ago after a 16-year career. And it was devastating to me. I had still had uh, a family to take care of and two little girls. And I had to worry about uh, how I was going to manage that. And... And I'm not saying the Jeep Talk Show is making me any money or anything, but <laughs> but it, it, the Jeep Talk Show is allowing me to do something for somebody, uh, you, uh, the customer, and, and, and your payment is listening to the show. And that gives me a big purpose. And it also gives me a purpose that nobody can really take away from me because you're here and listening because you want to. We tried uh, having somebody abduct people and make them listen to the show. It just didn't work. Yeah, it was legal. Doesn't work. There was legal issues, and uh, I don't know why Josh even came up with that idea. I don't know why I listened. But <laughs> <laughs> you're here because you want to be, and I just want to say thank you. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about local abductions in your area. Yes. Come on, I think somebody's on the list here. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh, and on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, we're going to find out how Jeep is going to cause the machines to take over the world. It just might happen. And we find out who wins the uh, Jeep Talk Show A-Hole of the Year Award. <laughs> it's later, not me. Ask, it's not Tony. No, no. It's not Tony. And later, Aww. I'll ask a question about airing down and how low can you go? Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and on this episode, I'm going to be reviewing a few good trail etiquette suggestions. Hey, I'm Jeep Mama, a.k.a. Tammy. Oh, wait, no. Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama. And coming up on the next episode of Jeep Life with Jeep Mama, I finish up my top 10 must-see most favorite small towns in America. I'm Tony, and I think it's time for a reminder on how to keep your late model vehicle, including the Jeep JL and JT, from being stolen in tonight's Gladiator segment. Ooh. Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, on December 8th of 2022, Jeep released another promotional video. Jeep's promo videos over the years have ranged from boring to amazing and from mundane to utterly revealing. Over the last six, eight months or so, we've seen some of these videos provide sneak peeks into the direction Jeep is heading with their technology-forward approach to vehicle design now. And with the unexpected success of the Wrangler 4XE, Jeep and its parent company Stellantis have greenlit a lot of investments in new tech, and the results are starting to, well, really speak for themselves. Especially when we get a glimpse of what's to come through, well, 
was to come through these videos at least. And we've seen things like auto driving features available off-road. We saw that in another teaser video before. Enhanced heads-up displays, augmented reality overlays, and a new level of connectivity with the uh, other Jeepers, the likes of which the off-road industry just has never seen before outside of, I don't know, video games. Now, it's becoming a reality now, and Jeep calls it Freedom Connected. In the video, which is titled Path Connected, the off-road brand provides a glimpse of how it might take advantage of Stellantis's push into the kind of software services and subscriptions that we've actually talked about here on the show in recent weeks. Now, one of these ideas is apparently called Jeep Trails, a package of more than 6,000 highly detailed trails an owner could preload into the Uconnect navigation system. All of the various concepts we've seen teased in these videos over the years, it's any wonder Jeep hasn't rolled this one out years ago. Now, this next one is, uh, this next is over-the-air updates, which one might expect to be a necessary component of a modern automaker's arsenal, actually. Well, these are simply, there are simply just too many software features in a vehicle now that can go obsolete or become buggy too quickly, and with more programs and apps on the way, well, to leave owners at the mercy of such supposed features. The caption for OTA updates uh, says, Continuously and effortlessly enhancing your Jeep's 4x4 technology which, if you read between the lines, is more like, we're trying to tell you how we're going to start a subscription service and a menu of cost-to-unlock features on your Jeep <laughs> without actually telling you. <laughs> you remember that emergency alert, uh, emergency vehicle alert system I, I told you guys I about? I was trying to remember. Yeah. That made me think of uh, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's how they're going to force you to use it. <laughs> Welcome to oh. the free side of OTA. Notice I mentioned free side. Now, the pay-to-play side, however, would have things, the cool stuff, like Group Ride. It's a lot like Apple's Find Your Friends app, but it's a Find Your Friends Jeeps app while on or off the trail, and it looks similar to a social network. Owners uploading Jeep 4x4 profiles with their Wrangler information, like specific model and modifications, and, and then making their profile available to any nearby Wrangler. What could possibly go wrong? A party God. of Wranglers could also set up a dedicated group uh, to keep track of each other and each a member of the party. And when everyone at this year's Easter Jeep Safari goes online and links up to every other Jeeper simultaneously, well, Skynet will be born, and we're all going to become slaves to the Terminator overlords. Mm -hmm. Where is this generation Sarah Connor when we need her? Yes. Finally, there's an augmented reality display that could also be of great use when desired projecting important vehicle or trail information actually onto the trail through the windshield on what you're seeing. Ajeep says the tech could even work without sailor connectivity, which is, I don't know, a must for what is like 90% of the trails us Jeepers love to wheel. Of course, they're not letting that cat out of the bag quite yet, and in the one-minute video and in the current press releases from Jeep, they haven't gone into exactly how that would work quite yet. For now, though, maybe we need to consider pulling a Nikki G and make a tinfoil hat for the Jeep's computer to block out those alien transmissions. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Well, if you want to check out the video from Jeep yourself, we'll have the link for it in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. I'm not even sure what they're doing. I mean, it sounds like there's all these teasers and pictures and things, but are they really going to be able to do all this? I mean, I... That's a it's, good question. Are they actually going to be able to do all of this? Because there's been a lot of uh, next generation sci-fi tech, I mean, level tech that we've mm -hmm. been seeing teased in these videos. Yep. I mean, like a Jeep driving up the trail to the top of the mountain to meet you as you hike up another road. Yeah. You know, like, that yeah. just boggles my mind. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, when there's things like trail erosion and other vehicles and wildlife and uh, God knows what else that would 
you know, changed that trail dramatically over the course Absolutely. of, you know, whenever the last time it was mapped. So yep. you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, this whole level of technology or level of connectivity, I should say, is kind of big brotherish to me. I don't know. If, if the Jeeps are always constantly sharing information with each other and constantly sharing information with, with Jeep proper... You know, at, at what point um, is, is like you know the Fourth Amendment being con- you know uh, broken here? You know, I don't I don't know. It's it just there's something well, about and, that doesn't quite sit right. And here's the other question I have: How many people jeeping want to be connected? The reason we go out in the in the wild and the you know out in the mountains and whatever is because we don't want to be. We don't want to have our phones ringing. We don't want work to be involved. And this to me just makes it a little more. But but when we're trying to get away from the non jeepers, I think is the answer there. <laughs> oh yeah well, not I mean, the other jeepers i suppose but <laughs> how many times have you been in a group and all of a sudden wait a minute where where's bob no i thought he was behind you no he was behind he was behind <laughs> yeah. jack yeah yes wait a minute. but you know <laughs> and so also well you know, young fire up the you connect and oh wait there's bob he took a left turn at albuquerque and and uh, yeah. he's on trail but, so but and, then, honestly, and then a cybernet if, hovercraft comes yes. in and attacks you because <laughs> you turned honestly, on you connect if if bob is going to be like that he's not driving with us like seriously that's how simple that is bob was connect. probably in a toyota so there you go <laughs> no but now, i mean there's there, there's a lot of people who are not tech savvy who don't want to stay connected and who want to get away so can you turn this stuff off if you have it well we uh, again a lot of this stuff is going to be pay to play so, oh, th- so things like the, the emergency vehicle alert system, the EVAS uh, light and alarm system that's going to start blaring at you uh, spontaneously in the, in the middle of an intersection because there, there's an ambulance four blocks away, uh, you know, it, that, that kind of stuff, you're not going to have a choice on. This kind of stuff, the cool stuff, the fun stuff, the neat stuff, yeah. the, yeah. the, you know, the, the very uh, sci-fi techie type of stuff uh, is all the pay-to-play stuff. And so if you want to use, if you want to unlock that feature, if you want to and use you it, you're could. actually going to have to pay for it. It's not an, it's not an opt out sort of thing. It's a pay to get in. And it's probably going to be expensive, don't you think? Well, again, I think it's going to be a not subscription initially. service. It's not going to be, well, I want the heads up display. So I'm going to pay for that option, you know, while I get the Jeep or, you know, when I'm ordering the Jeep. No, oh, I see. Yeah. Not, they, they want money out of you in perpetuity. Oh, yeah. So, it's, so it's, yeah. it's easier to get money from subscriptions than it is right. to actually yes. produce something and sell it. Uh-huh. Right. So so they're going to charge you, you know, what, five bucks a month or something like that to use the mm-hmm. service. I have no idea. It might be it might be a, a dollar a month or something like that. But suddenly you've got three or four of these pay to play uh, uh, types of features that you have to unlock. Next thing you know, you're forking out 40, 50, 120 dollars to Jeep every month for something that you're only using two or three times a year. Exactly. That was my next question. So can you, I, you, know, can I, you pay how, when you want it and turn it off when you don't? <laughs> th- that's another good question. I, I don't know how all of this is going to work. And, and yeah, because oil. only seeing this in, <laughs> in, in sneak, sneak previews and stuff like that, uh, the, the actual logistics of all of this hasn't been released yet. So is it much do about nothing? Is it even going to happen? I don't know. The augmented reality heads up display, I think is super cool. And is something that, that, I mean, with like an artificial horizon and, you know, inclometer and, and stuff like that, actually on the dash, you can see like your RPMs or, or miles per hour projected up on, on through the windshield and stuff like that. That's just, I mean, that is really cool type of stuff. Two, That's like fighter plane. Yeah, I was going to say right. two words, target lock. 
You know, yeah. yes. <laughs> where's that? How, how, how do you mark a holes driving on down the, down the road so you can send them a, an award? How's that for a future segment? Float across like the street and until it turns red. And yeah, no, so I'm glad that you mentioned the Terminator aspect because it made me think of this. Um, you know, in the Terminator movie, the original one, uh, they used dogs to seek out the Terminators. They, they, the dogs would start barking. So right. Jeep dogs, almost everybody has a Jeep dog. Now, if Jeeps makes you sign a contract saying you cannot have a Jeep dog in your Jeep because of this technology, and they won't tell you that this technology, it might be a clue that, mm. you know, this is seriously Skynet that's going to be taking control. <laughs> I think Skynet's already controlling. We just don't know it yet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Facebook, uh, the Facebook leader, what's his name? Uh, Mark Saginaw. I don't know. I, f- I forget his name. Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. There you yeah. go. Zuckerberg. The third or fourth Zuckerbot. worst person. The, the lizard. The yes. lizard man. Yes. <laughs> he's he's he already cybernet. Yeah, he's already. Yeah, he, he already Skynet. is Skynet. <laughs> well, I think this next person needs to be dropped into a vat of molten metal, actually. A Boswell, Pennsylvania man was charged with theft after he admitted to stealing a Jeep and cutting it up for scrap. Oh, God. What? State police in Somerset charged 61-year-old Michael Walker with theft by unlawful taking and related counts. Troopers allege Walker made off with a 2000 Jeep Cherokee XJ from a business in Jenner Township on January 1st. A surveillance camera showed Walker actually winching the vehicle onto a flatbed trailer attached to a pickup truck and taking off, according to the report. Walker was arrested and admitted to stealing the vehicle cutting it up and taking it to a local scrapyard, trooper said. And for that, 61-year-old Michael Walker from Boswell, Pennsylvania gets the Jeep Talk Show A-Hole of the Year Award. Ugh, and oh, thank he's God. 61. I'm safe, I'm safe he's for a year, si- t- uh, Wendy. He, he's 61, <laughs> and this 61. means he. Ha- this is not his first time, right? Uh, this can't be. I wouldn't think so. Oh, so. but man. And I have a question. So they're at work and nobody notices that the vehicle's being winched onto a flatbed, like even just from excitement. Hey, check this out. Right, well, How now did- it was on January 1st, so that's New Year's Day. Ah. Chances oh. are they closed or, you know, it was at like I 3 see. o'clock in the morning, January 1st. You know, everybody is hungover, passed out. So they out. got a ride home, didn't drive themselves like good, good people. And this is what happens to them. Dang. Yeah. Not good. You so know, can you imagine, not only was your Jeep stolen. There's mm. no chance of it getting get you getting it back That's because it's so cut sad. Up, dismantled, so sad. scrapped. I would be so livid. You know this. This may go under the heading of too soon, but and this is seriously true. <laughs> whenever you, whenever you uh, put the story in the show notes, I, and I was reading it before the show, I, it, it crossed my mind: Is this uh, Jeep Mama's ex that did this? Oh, <laughs> oh God! Oh my gosh! See, I'm leaving it open because she's got uh, more than one. So yeah, you're not sure which ex. <laughs> yeah, oh dear! You can't get the defamation the def- defamation lawsuit. No. <laughs> It's very generic. <laughs> so we, we actually uh, produced a uh, an A-hole of the year award. If you want to get a, see, see a picture of that and, and read the uh, read the inscription on it, you can uh, go check it out at, in, in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. <laughs> Perfect. Now, uh, you, you guys know how, 
how I like uh, the feel-good stories. And we had one yes. uh, last week as well. And, and this is in very similar uh, similar ilk a, 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 as far as that goes. It, it seems like no matter what, at least every winter, as long as I've been doing this show, Jeepers come together to help out their communities. Uh, because unlike Toyota owners, we care and actually know how to use our... <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Two shots. Point. Two Little shots of the Toyota owners tonight. Uh, we love you guys. We're just kidding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, last week we heard about a group in Tennessee that was uh, helping hospital workers to get to work. And not to be outdone, we have two this week from Virginia, care of JTS fans over at uh, WDBJ Channel 7. Now, like the rest of Hill City, Virginia, Lynchburg General Hospital faced a snow day last Sunday. But the staff at the hospital still had to to make it in uh, despite the conditions. That's where the two local Jeep groups came into play. Both groups offered themselves to uh, to help healthcare workers get to work safely in the snowy and icy conditions. Quote, we know that the nurses and the hospital workers and different people can't get to work with bad ice and snow on the road, and we love our community, and the Jeep people are family, so, you know, we just want to help out as best we can, said Jason Morris, the president of Hill City Wranglers. We're just a big so-called family, and we do a lot for charity, a lot for people, just to help out, give back to the community said Alan Bailey with Jeepers IWT, Inclement Weather Transport. These groups say that they're doing that, doing just that by offering rides in their Jeeps free of charge, and they've already seen a large response. We've delivered a lot of people, picked a lot of people up and brought them to work, essential workers or security guards that need to come to work, said Bailey. At the end of the day, it's all about neighbors looking out for each other. They say that they're just doing their part to help folks out through the storm. I say the Jeep community is a special group. We call it a family. It's a second family we have that we help anybody out no matter what, said Bailey from Jeepers IWT. It makes us feel good. Be part of the community. Take care of people. Make sure the hospitals stay open, said Morris from Hill City Wranglers. They plan to continue giving rides to those who need it any time the conditions warrant that the, warrant the need. And this from all of us here at the Jeep good. Talk Show, yeah. yeah, big hats off and big fat Jeep wave to both these groups for doing the right thing. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I think it probably happens all over. We just don't get to hear about it, so... I'm glad you found these stories. It's a great story. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. I, I love these kinds of stories. When I, when I hear about Jeep clubs just going out of their way to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily need or have mm-hmm. to do, and, and it's all in the hopes or, uh, of helping out the community, or even just a single family or person, another Jeeper, another vehicle owner, whatever it may be, Jeepers coming together to help somebody out just out of the kindness of their heart because, man, that's just what we do. So, Josh, uh, are, do, do you have some information that WDBJ Channel 7 is really JTS fans, or were you just saying that for, for effect? Well, yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got my hopes up. <laughs> like they've heard of us. I can go there and say I'm with a Jeep talk show and not have a, a you know, have to have, no. a, <laughs> what? have, what? have, a, what have it queued up on my phone so I can go, it's this. <laughs> See? <laughs> can I put you down as a listener? <laughs> yeah, can I mark you down for, for the newsletters? No? Okay. Here's a sticker. Please take a sticker. <laughs> well, if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, well, reach out to us. Let us know what you got to say. If It doesn't matter if it's uh, from an episode uh, 100 weeks ago. That's all right. Let us know what you have to say. We just might be a little confused. <laughs> reach out to us by phone or by email. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. 
Have you guys noticed how rapidly we're progressing through the episode numbers now? It's really strange. It's like we're it's, doing it three times faster. It's so bizarre when I go to do my episode and I'm thinking, okay, what number? It was easy just to oh, know yeah, each week it was one, one number, right? Yes. Man, it's just, it, it, I have to go back and look and see and then look at my notes. Like, okay, count the numbers. Good. The hardships <laughs> that we go through you for yes. you people. Oh, but <laughs> Not I knowing how to all, count by threes. No, exactly. <laughs> But it's all good. We love it. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. So have you done your homework? Have you told anybody at all about the 4x4 Radio Network? No? Okay, now's the time. It doesn't matter what they drive because we've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network. The Center Steer Podcast is there, the On the Trail Podcast, the 4x4 Podcast, even Trail Chasers, and the world-famous Jeep Talk Show. Of course, it's all there, it's all in one place, and it's all for free. All you got to do, or your friends, is head over to the number 4, the letter X, the number 4, radionetwork.com. That's 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. This is a hell of a night. There's a TV station that knows all about us, and we're world <laughs> famous. Good there God, go. I like this show. <laughs> <laughs> What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, I know it's winter and it's full force in many parts of the country, so maybe you're just now thinking about planning trail runs for the spring. Well, I wanted to review the trail etiquette. I've covered it before in other episodes, but all of us at JTS mention this all the time because it's so important to maintain and keep the trail systems open throughout the country. Now, we're all stewards of the trails that we jeep on, and like it or not, there are groups and organizations that want to shut down the off-road vehicles to all trails. So how we manage, treat, and maintain trails is what is keeping a lot of the trails open for us to use now and for the future. So I've got a couple of things to keep in mind while you're on a trail. Stay on the designated trail. This is probably the number one reason trails get closed. People go off trail and want to venture on their own, sort of blaze their own trail, especially with the overlanders that are out there now. And I've seen fences cut, trees cut down, boulders moved from people trying to get access to other areas for many different reasons and not stay on the designated trail. If you're in a national forest, there are usually sensitive areas outside the trail system that the Forest Service wants to protect. I know specifically up here in Big Bear on Gold Mountain, that's a black diamond trail, we have three plant species that only grow on the pebble plains located on the top of the mountain and nowhere else in the entire world. However, each year there are idiots that break through the fences and drive over the pebble plains, causing damage and helping the Forest Service to consider closing the trail. So please stay on designated trails. The more we adhere to this, the more chances we'll have keeping the trails open for generations to come. Now, another thing to consider is keeping your tire spin to a minimum. I know we all like to get out there and wheel, but if you're going over an obstacle, mud, sand, water crossing, dirt, etc., and you start to create major wheel spin, you are disturbing the trail and creating ruts. First, wheel spin does you no good once your momentum stops. And second, you are creating erosion on the trail. Wheel spin rarely helps you, and the more you spin, the more you can dig yourself deeper in a hole. Then you have to ask for help and get pulled out. It's much easier to think before you let wheel spin dictate your course and you're also preserving the trails. Now respect other drivers. This is important as we share the trails. You may be going downhill and other groups coming uphill. Stay to the right, especially on blind hills and curves. Some trails may be narrow and you may have to pull to the right and let the other group go by. 
As you go along the trail, always look for turnouts as you travel along. You may actually be the group that needs to back up a little to allow the other group by. Also, let the first driver of the other group know how many Jeeps are in your group. We do this when we ride our quads or motorcycles in the desert. We hold up the number of fingers, and I don't mean just the one middle <laughs> finger, to indicate the number of vehicles behind us. So if you have four Jeeps in the group and you're in the number one position, you hold up three fingers. Our gal behind you holds up two, et cetera, et cetera. The last position holds up a closed fist, not to say, hey, what are you doing? But to signify that there are no other Jeeps in the group. It's really nice to know how many Jeeps you're waiting for or before continuing on your way. Now, one of my pet peeves is pack it in and pack it out. Try to leave no trace. This is another major issue with trash and broken glass on trails. And I have no idea the allure of drinking while driving and then throwing the glass bottles away to see how they break. It must be a sixth grader kind of thing. I personally have picked up more broken glass on trails than I care to count. It is littering and it's very hazardous to the animals. And besides, if there's trash on the trail, every, every, everybody else is going to think it's okay to throw their trash. So if you bring trash and use your trash roo pouch we discussed in episodes 426 and 553, it's a good way to keep the trash out of your Jeep and off the trail. Always secure your trash in some way. Sometimes bouncing down the trail, you may not realize that it's your trash that's bouncing out behind you. Always leave it cleaner than you found it. As you go down the trail, if you see trash, stop and pick it up. Only takes a moment and leaves the trail clean for the next folks. Now leave what you find. Sometimes jeeping takes you to areas that you can't get by foot or regular cars. This could be rock formations, cliffs, waterways, petroglyphs, old buildings, cabins, etc. If you are observing this beautiful part of nature, leave it there. Don't collect rocks or plants or animals. Leave it in its natural state. And by the way, anything that is 50 years or older is considered an artifact by law and is supposed to stay put. For instance, an old can, a bottle top, or whatever. If it's more than 50 years old, you're not supposed to collect it. I know, some of us may consider it to be trash and want to pick it up, but archaeologists consider it to be a treasure. Now, bathroom breaks. We all know when you gotta go, you gotta go. There's an unwritten rule that when the group stops for a 10-100, that's a bathroom stop, the women go to the right, and the trail and the men go to the left. You guys know why? Because women are always right. <laughs> Had to put that in there. Now, ladies, honestly, please take a baggie with you and please take all your feminine stuff back out with you. Do not leave that stuff on the trails. And this goes for your kids' diapers too. Just don't do it. Have I mentioned how much I hate cleaning that stuff up when we do trail maintenance on our adopted trails? Awful. Do not feed the wildlife. Now, this seems pretty obvious to me, but every year there's a video of some idiot trying to touch the bison in Yellowstone. Seeing them get gored and tossed in the air kind of makes for good YouTube. But seriously, don't feed any wildlife, including birds or squirrels, no matter how cute they may look or what they say. That could make them dependent on humans. Make sure that you control your pets. We love jeeping with our dogs and some cats, but you're still responsible for cleaning up after them and keeping them from destroying wildlife. Don't let them chase animals like the deer and don't let them dig. Wildlife lives in that natural habitat. We are just visitors. So be good stewards. Try to have good trail etiquette. Guys, what else would you want to add for some additional good trail etiquette suggestions? Wait, so there's there's videos on YouTube of bison throwing people in the air? That's yes. Have you never seen that? <laughs> no, I think I need to. Reminds me of pause. that. We're going to have to finish recording the show another time. <laughs> I have some YouTubing to do. Reminds me yeah. of that uh, midget bowling that uh, yeah. late night talk show host used to do. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Same. No, it's uh, serious. I mean, I don't get it, but that's, you know, just 
getting out and being stupid, I guess. Oh, uh, no, yeah, Freddy, that's all part Freddy, of the as, plan. As per usual, you, you did a good job covering all the bases. Uh, I mean, you know, as a, a tread trainer myself, uh, mm-hmm. somebody who's, who's very much uh, into, into the tread lightly principles and, uh, and, and all that, um, I mean, you did a very good job covering uh, everything. I, there's nothing that I can add, so uh, yeah, I get Oh, you holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> you need to put Wait, this on bell. your resume. Ring the bell, Tony. That's great. <laughs> oh, she knows what she's talking about. Come on. <laughs> well, it's it's a passion of mine. You know, when you're out and you're working with anybody, any level of experience. Thank you. Um, Bell's then, on a 30 you know second what? delay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I think, Josh, wouldn't you agree that it's part of our job as mentors out there and of uh, leading trails to be good stewards and to set great examples. So, I mean, being a yeah. mentor sounds fine, but right now I'd much rather be a bison. <laughs> there's perks <laughs> there are some really is stupid people out there so. oh my gosh so let me make sure that i understand this uh, i don't like uh giving uh the the homeless the the ones begging for money money mm-hmm. i'd much rather give them food so what you're saying is if there was homeless on the trail i shouldn't feed them <laughs> don't bring them not. food <laughs> And if, yeah, and if they're over 50, you can't actually transport them anywhere. You have to leave them where they lay. It, <laughs> yes. It, can't bring them home. You get all the points, Tony. A Jeep talk show that. has hit a new low in attacking <laughs> our homeless population. Look what followed uh, me home, honey. Those, those right-wing bastards. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> I had to have it. Please let me just get it. fit in my Jeep, so I brought it home. Yeah, yeah, well, oh, my gosh. Not gosh. eating for a long time. It's uh, easy to fit. <laughs> well, if you have anything to add to trail etiquette, I would love to hear your suggestions. Give us a call. Let us know. You can also check out our YouTube channel at Trails411 for great content with lots of tips, tricks, and techniques. Great job as always, Wendy. Thank you. And especially just <laughs> keeping Josh from having any kind of thing he can add. That's still amazing <laughs> to me. That's, a, I'm that's really that. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> and you're very thorough in the past. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Gladiator. <laughs> I love that squeaky noise at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Josh, remind me, do you have a keyless entry built into your, your Jeep, uh, your, your 1999 Jeep Cherokee, your XJ? Mine's aftermarket, but yes. Is it RFID uh, keyless entry, or is it just RF, press a button, and the, the RF comes on, and your, uh, uh, your uh, Honda it, gets stolen? Uh, it it, it is rf much like uh pretty much all modern day keyless entry and and uh uh, mobile security systems are Yeah, but it activates Uh, when you press a button you have a battery in the fob and uh it it, it transmits a thing where where the the new uh the new things and i think this is on a lot of vehicles if not all uh but it certainly is on the gladiator and the uh, the jeep uh, the new jl uh, wrangler where you don't have to uh, d- to do anything. Uh, well, I mean, you press a button, but it reads, uh, it sends out a signal, and it, it reads the chip uh, through reflection from the RF from the from the Jeep, 
and uh, it allows you to press the start button instead of it, you know the whole there's a whole problem with where do you put the damn key fob now i mean there's supposed to be a special spot but wouldn't it be easier if it was just stuck in a hole on the dash or on the column like god intended it to be anyway i'm, I'm gonna start a rant here uh, <laughs> but but the the point is is that uh, you don't really have to have anything to press a button on to start your vehicle you just have to have your your uh modern day fob key fob in the vehicle in close proximity and this is a problem because this keyless entry it's convenient but it's also convenient to would-be thieves i'm sure you guys remember seeing the the news stories uh, about uh, people buying things off of ebay thieves buying these devices off of uh, ebay or uh, or uh, from china and they just go up to the door your front door and they turn it on and start scanning. They start sending out the signal, so your your key fob will respond to it. And when so, it re- when it responds, yeah. when it responds, they get the code they need for your vehicle. You guys have heard of this, right? Wait. Well, yes, but it's also like the credit cards. There, they said the RFID cards and the little chip in it was supposed to block. It doesn't. You can have a basic component walk down the street and collect everybody's credit cards uh, and, it's the and, same and, thing with this and I, I swear to god i haven't looked this up but it's easy it's i mean if, if you it's know how to work a, yeah if you know how to work a computer for a hundred dollars you can have the tool so to, there, to do it there's a major difference between rfid and just straight rf oh because yeah rfid is constantly sending out a, a transmittable signal of a specific serial code Yep. And well, well not constant, but on demand, it will. It, it whenever well, it gets right. the RF, within, it responds. Range. Yeah. Right. No, no. Within, it, it, so. the, like the Jeep will send out a uh, send out a command and or send out a request, and then the RFID, which isn't powered, will reflect uh, momentarily from that power that it gets from the RF pulse. It'll reflect a code. So it's not always on. I don't want people thinking their their fob is going to be drained because they have an RFID. Well, no, in it. But what I what I'm saying is is that that code that that thumbprint, if you will, yeah. is unique. Yes, but it also mm-hmm. doesn't change. But whereas the technology that I that I have in the alarm system on my Jeep, although it's probably a good 15 years older or older than what you know what what your Jeep is using, Tony, mine uses a different code every time I I hit that button. Oh, it's so not the same. It uses uses a rolling code technology, or what they call code hopping, like they okay. like they do for uh, the garage door openers that, that for the last twenty years. Op- yeah, some garage door openers over the last. It's the same problem. Yeah. Exactly, and so their guys were using what were called code sniffers, and and they would basically just copy those all those those RF signals from yep. the parking lot when you would you know, arm your car and walk into the store they could grab it then or when you hit the garage door your remote as you pull into your driveway they're parked just around the corner and they just grab that thing same sort of thing is happening here but because uh, automakers decide to go with you know thumbprint kind of technology instead of an algorithm based technology that is constantly changing they open themselves up to security hacks. Well, but you have to be so careful with this because can you imagine how upset somebody would be if there was a, an update pushed out or maybe a Uconnect subscription <laughs> and now you can't get in your vehicle and start it? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I have a question on this because I'm trying to visualize how this would work. So I understand this is the bag that actually your key fob would sit in. Well, I haven't got there yet, Wendy. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I, I, didn't, I didn't mention that yet, but, but good thinking. 
uh, you can stop this. And you guys have seen the commercials about where you can take your credit cards with the RFID technology and stick it in these little holders, which is basically uh, uh, stuff that, uh, well, I think Nikki G is now producing these things from uh, leftover foil. And yeah, it just keeps the RF from coming in and getting to that RFID. So when it reflects the code, well, it doesn't get the 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 RF pulse, so it doesn't reflect the code. So these there's these things called the Faraday bag, which Wendy had had mentioned, which are basically just like a wire mesh pouch that you can put your key fob in, and then it will block that RF signal that's coming to the fob. And of course, it's not going to respond with the code. So now go ahead, Wendy. Okay, sorry, I, I jumped way ahead. Um, my question is, so that's where you store the key fob, but when you go to use the key fob, and you, you have to pull it out of this bag to press the button to get your car to open, right? Oh, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you still exposing yourself for a brief second or two or three you are. or ten? Okay. You are, and a lot of people don't I think see. about that. But yeah, but it's, it's a, a, a more of a, a shorter window. That, okay. uh, you know, because somebody would really have to have a, you know, looking at you, they, they brought a sack lunch because it's going to be an all day job waiting for you to come out or they've, they've monitored it. you and knew when you were going to come out. But you know, the, the thing that I saw uh, is primarily where they go up to your front door because we normally put our keys uh, right around, around, you know, the front door. So it needs to be wow. in fairly close proximity. And then they send out this signal, they get the code, they go out to your vehicle, and then they send that code, and boom, the doors unlock. I mean, they send it the, the, the door unlock code, and then they send the code uh, while they get in it, press the button, and, and, and leave. I mean, uh, wow. there's no damage to the vehicle, and uh, you've just retained some uh, <laughs> the, the, the cost of the vehicle, the value of the vehicle. Now, I like using, uh, I actually got both the Faraday bag. Uh, and we'll have this in uh, the uh, Amazon uh, uh, store that uh, we have on the site. Uh, I got uh, the bags because I didn't, I mean, the, the Jeep fobs are really big. And I wasn't quite sure if it would fit. Uh, and also, too, I got a, um, uh, a Faraday box. Roll of tinfoil. Yeah. A Faraday, yeah. a Faraday. I'd like to test that's, that. I, you know, that's what I should do. Well, I'll tell the FBI sure. I just needed the eBay uh, code scanner. <laughs> For testing purposes only. You guys can buy the house. Uh, yeah. yeah, $100 for the scanner. But I also have the Faraday box, which is a nice little rectangular box that's plenty big enough for the, the key fob. In fact, I could probably put both of them in there. And uh, these things are both under 20 bucks. Uh, but uh, so, but but I'm really glad you mentioned that, uh, Wendy, because I, I, there is a window of opportunity. And that includes when you're at the store or anywhere else, just exactly. walking around with the, the key fob out, unless yeah. you put it in the Faraday bag. Yeah, my, that's what my wife great, does. She keeps yeah. the Faraday bag in her purse and only takes the, 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 the key fob out when she wants to start the Gladiator and drive it. And drive it. So is the box you're using it in the house then and storing the keys like yes. when you're done for the day? Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So and it's it's close to the door. Now people mm-hmm. somebody's gonna break in and just grab the box and run. <laughs> I don't need this hundred dollars. You gotta yeah. bolt it down, get it inside a safe. I see what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh guys, the, the first time I learned anything about a Faraday cage and what that was and you know how that worked was clear back in nineteen ninety seven. I learned it from Mel Gibson and Julia Roberts. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, the uh, the the bird on a wire, or no conspiracy theory. Oh, that's right. 
It's actually, I mean, that movie actually might hold up a little bit uh, still to this day, even though it's it's that old. But, I love uh, I love all the thermite he had set, uh, and, and the whole apartment was covered in foil. Why did you, Why did you cover your your apartment in foil? Well, I didn't want to hurt anybody else. I didn't want to damage anybody else's stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty good movie. The Burden on the Wire was a different one that I was uh, that I got confused with, uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, the the Faraday bag there's uh, there's two of them, and uh, the uh, we have uh, the Faraday box, which is just one box. The Faraday uh, bags are for two for fourteen ninety five, and the Faraday box is nineteen ninety five. And you can go over to JeepTalkShow.com and search uh, at the very top of the menu there, or however it formats on your phone. Just look for Amazon products on the show. You know that uh, Faraday box is is rather uh, formal looking. I know it isn't is, it? isn't it? It's, it's it needs beautiful. a crest. It needs a, a crest Seriously, and a name right? and yeah, old leather and, and stitched. And, yeah, you know, it's gorgeous. Yeah, polished hardware and I'm just like it's fancy. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It's almost like diamond plate inside. So, uh, Wendy, I was going to ask you, and I forgot the the, the JK that you guys have. It, does it have the keyless entry, or how how do you actually? Uh, it it uh, no. We let me think. For, no, we do. We have had to think which vehicle. We have a you know, push a button, but it's battery, so we don't have the. So RFID. it's it's like Josh's uh, what, yes. he, what he put in ap, uh, afterwards on the uh, on the XJ. Um, so um, it was it aftermarket, Josh. You're saying it was aftermarket, yeah. right? It wasn't yes. the standard Jeep. Uh, Correct. It is comes not, with it. not an OEM system. It is aftermarket. So uh, I guess a lot of people uh, probably already know this, but probably worth mentioning. Uh, the the Jeeps actually had, uh, I guess, keyless entry for many many years, just not the RFID technology. Because mm-hmm. I, I know that the the '99, the '98 uh, XJs both had keyless entry. I don't know when that was introduced. I, the, the early the the newest uh, the new or the uh yeah the newest one i've ever had is a 98 which i still have i've got i can't remember if the first generation zjs had them or not but the the first generation of jeep uh keyless entry wasn't rf it was ir oh that's right it was on that the had a little had a little bulb yeah. on the center, on the, uh, the console overhead console and it had a little lens that picked up the uh, uh it was a, a the infrared signal lens. yeah yeah it picked up the infrared signal and uh, you can actually uh, change uh, channels that, uh, on your TV with that remote. What <laughs> <laughs> at the neighbor's house and watch him go crazy. Oh, I got to share this. This is not in the not in the plan of the what I was going to talk about here. But this is just so freaky. Uh, I, I I took my uh, my youngest daughter over to the Mercedes dealership. Uh, we were going over there to have a look at her her Jeep. She works there, and they're they're uh, doing the uh, the the, the uh, clutch and uh, transmission replacement for. Her. Uh, and uh, <laughs> good lord, that place is huge. But anyway, when I was adjusting the steering wheel once we got stopped, and I heard something pop on the back of the steering wheel. Uh-oh. On the back of the steering wheel, I felt something. I heard a click, and I felt something physically move. Uh-oh. And I started feeling around, and you know what I found? The back of the steering wheel, bubble gum, radio controls, <laughs> volume. And radio controls. What? I've had this thing 
since May, and I just found out there's radio controls. And I, I was telling my daughter, what kind of fast and, on and the furious? Back side. Yeah, Wait, they're on the back, side. On the back of the steering wheel. And with I said, fingers, not with your thumbs, then. So yeah. okay, yeah. And and, right. I, and I, I was telling uh, telling Mandy, what kind of fast and furious person must I be that I need <laughs> to have full <laughs> radio right. controls on the back uh, of the, the ten and well, twelve positions? Double the steering wheel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I need, up, I'm running so. for the police and I just need to adjust my tunes. Yeah. Oh, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? <laughs> but I didn't know. It was so funny. I thought, what why is that popping? And then I started I pressed it and, the, and the, the, I went from like FM to the uh, Sirius XM and I was like, What the hell's going on here? This is what happens when you don't read the manual, Wendy. I was just going to yeah. say, you need to read the manual. But then I thought, who am I talking to? These are guys. They don't read the manual. No. You know, you know whose fault this is? Figure it out. You know, <laughs> you know whose fault this is? This is clearly the fault of Deadpool Gambino. <laughs> because very, very had true. that man done his job properly and go, fully, as thoroughly <laughs> as he claims he does, he would have pointed that out to you. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying. All right, listener, I need to know if you knew there was radio controls and hell, it may do a bunch of other things that I'm not aware of. <laughs> it, may, it may even control the heated seats in it. But listener, if you knew that there was buttons there, or better yet, I told you about this and you went, what? Do I have that on my JL or JT? I want out. you to call into our voicemail and let us know. Like, even if it's like you're a dumbass, of course it's there. Read the manual, you know, yeah. or, or, oh my God, I can't believe what I've learned on the Jeep Talk Show. Call <laughs> in and let us know. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find all the ways that you can contact us. Okay, I have a question, real quick question for you, Tony, on that. Yeah. So once you discover that, did you get a mirror so you could see behind that steering wheel I and see what the heck that, I have you know, not. But you because don't, you don't even know what those dials or those little tabs do, right? They oh, could have a bunch I pressed of them. them all. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed them all now. I know what they do. Oh, gosh. One side is volume. You're going to go through the reach around. You got to kill these complete God. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, gosh. The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers. This is uh, Rob San Antonio, Texas. Hey, guys. It's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys. This is Cody from Indiana. Yoo-hoo. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell... Is he naked or homeless? Yes. Hey, guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, hey what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi, this is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Texas Day, Jake Collin. This is John, Runner in 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Probe Restraint System. That's not right. We love our listeners. John has strange hobbies, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't judge. <laughs> hey, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Randy D for writing into the show recently, blaming us for the Jeep bug that bit both him and his wife. Actually, Uh-oh. after listening to the show for a while, he decided to put a lift and tires and a whole lot more on his O4 TJ. Since then, he's been to several nationally known Jeep shows and is even planning a trip to Moab. So, thanks again for writing to the show, Randy, and a big fat Jeep wave goes out to him for becoming a paid subscriber. 
Josh, that is so amazing. Josh, I just realized something. Do you think we're being uh, not 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 spoofed, but uh, used? You know, like you, you that you go and get somebody page. Oh, we're and, a, we're and a you, scapegoat. Is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> you, you go and get somebody page, and you said, "Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm looking for Mike Hunt. Could you could you page Mike Hunt?" And and it's Randy D in this in this case. Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randy <laughs> D. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of British humor there. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy says it's a stretch for cult and humor. It's a very much a stretch. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat back on right now, though, okay? <laughs> Never stretch a Randy D is what you're saying. Yes. hey <laughs> <laughs> There it is. Oh, <laughs> I turned it around. It was, it was going down. Uh, <laughs> oh, I did it again. <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. Last week, you guys talked about the uh, Tony and Josh show, which brings back some memories. But you failed to mention that even way back then, Nikki G was on the Tony and Josh show. That's right. Yeah. I won't say it was in my infancy, although it was pretty childish. Uh, I won't say it was Nikki G in a raw. I I think I'm going to go with it. it. You can hear Nikki G in the buff. Yeah, my jokes were funny, too. Yeah, I know I have a lot of growing up to do. At least that's what I realized the other day when I was inside my fort. (laughs) But that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that change is inevitable unless you're dealing with a vending machine. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat you later, and you have a good one. Bye. I think I have to ask the age-old question. If Nikki G uh, doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? <laughs> he has a fort with tinfoil. The prior, the prior thing I played where he was talking yes. about turtles, which I exactly. think is hilarious. We need yeah, more I whale forgot, song. I, I forgot Nikki G was uh, was on the Tony and Josh show. I, I got so much PTSD from that show. I blocked a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the thing with the gun and sneaking it into prison oh, was really gosh. bad. <laughs> It was the beehive. It was the beehive story that, that left a oh, lasting impression. Oh, no. I don't remember it, but I can imagine. Yep. Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? I love the show. I've listened to you guys free for, I don't know, years now, and I figured I'd time to give back. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. It'll just uh, help help the show out, and, and then in the end, it'll be Jeep Talk Show in my ear holes, you know? Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. It'd be nice to give back to uh, so that you guys can continue on, because if they love the show, then why shouldn't you, why shouldn't you give back just a little bit. Wendy, have you ever put a dead rat on a stranger's Jeep? Not a Toyota or another off-road <laughs> type of vehicle, but uh, and, and I, I know that's a stretch, but uh, a, another Jeep owner. No, not a dead rat. Would you Would you consider putting a dead rat? Would you consider infecting a stranger's Jeep with a dead Absol- rat? Absolutely, depending on what they did. <laughs> I did it for me. <laughs> having, a, having a Jeep, that's why. So you can do, you can be like Wendy. <laughs> put a dead rat. And I know Wendy's lying. She wouldn't put a dead rat on anybody's Jeep. <laughs> Not a Jeep. dead rat. A plastic rat <laughs> I would. But no, for, for effect, it needs to be a dead rat. Because a that's dead just, rat. Ooh. That's just, ew, ew. <laughs> You know, and you put it on there and you, you squeeze it a little too hard and the maggots start coming out. It's just, it's just very... Uh-huh. 
That means it's been dead for a while, Tony. Come on. <laughs> and, and available for flies. But anyway, uh, you can do this. Uh, and, 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 and Wendy already gave away the punchline. It is a plastic rat. Okay, fine. Sorry. Gosh darn it. I ruined everything. But there's, a, <laughs> but there's a nice toe tag on there. And you can tell people that they're a rat bastard. And they can not, not be a rat bastard by listening to the Jeep Talk Show. Of course, that's how we suck them in. Because mm-hmm. now they really are rat bastards if they're listening for free. That's so, right. <laughs> but, but have fun with your Jeep friends or people that you don't know. <laughs> and help promote the Jeep Talk Show at the same time. And you can go over to the Jeep Talk Show store, jeeptalkshow.com, uh, and just click on the store, and you will be able to purchase 20 toe tags and then put plastic rats on the little toe tag and then tag the Jeeps. It's like the ducking, but it's like ducking with a bad attitude. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And surprisingly, everybody just thinks it's hilarious. They they enjoy being uh, ratted or infected. Or So if you'd like to become an infectious agent, just go to jeeptalkshow.com, look up at the store, and get you 20 Jeep uh, Rat Bastard toe tags. Good Lord, look at the rat scatter. Oh, I'm not talking about the Zoom people. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're here! Run! (laughs) The rats have arrived! Oh no! Oh, sorry guys. So if you're new to the show, this is the part of, uh, of the show where we uh, pull up around the campfire. We invite you, the listener, to join us as we talk about a, uh, a topic here, a uh, topic there, uh, get into a discussion or a debate. It's different each and every week, and uh, there's there's a, a number of ways that you can actually join in. Uh, but we'll get to that here in a minute. For now, though, I'm going to ask the question of how low can you go? No, I'm not talking about limbo. I'm talking about airing down, which is an essential part of off-roading, and every wheel and tire combination is different for every Jeeper. So how low do you air down on, on with your tires and stuff when you hit the trail? So I'm going to ask uh, a little bit of, uh, you know, what kind of Jeep you have, what's your wheel and tires, you know, stuff like that, and we're going to ask, uh, um, you know, how low can you go? So uh, we all know that, uh, you know, beadlock wheels can air down a lot farther than any others but uh and i wouldn't imagine we got a, a whole lot of beadlocks here around the campfire tonight but uh well, let's find out uh we'll go through this list as fast as we can i've uh, got a lot of people around here tonight so if i don't get a chance to call on you uh it's nothing personal just ran out of time is all uh let's go ahead and start things off with tom p tom uh let's talk about your jeep a little bit uh what is it uh and uh what kind of what size wheels and tires do you have well, I got two that I wheel pretty regularly on. Um, the one is an 09 JK 37s, 17-inch wheel, non-beadlocks. Typically, for the trails around here, I don't really go much below 18 because of the weight of the rig. If I get in the snow or I happen to hit the sand dunes, I may go lower. But my Grand Cherokee has same 37s and 17-inch wheel beadlocks, and I can go down to you know, 10, 4, whatever. But I typically don't go below 15 on that one. Interesting. You know, I, there was a bonus question that I was going to throw in here, and it was going to be if you uh, air down to a different PSI for different terrain. I myself, I've, I live in an area where we've got all kinds of different uh, uh, stuff, including sand and snows, in fact, uh, and, and I do air down differently for sand and snow than I do for uh, out on the trails. So uh, thanks for kind of beating me to the punchline on that, Tom. Uh, what kind of tires <laughs> really quick are you, uh, are, you, are you running? On the JK, I'm running the Mickey Thompson Baja Bosses. And on my grand, I'm running the 
Cooper STT Pros. Oh, yeah. Decent tire, actually. Very good. Thanks, Tom. Let's uh, move over to Nathan from Pittsburgh. Nathan, uh, what's, uh, what kind of Jeep you got? And uh, what size tires you're running? What size wheels? How low can you go? Uh, 2020 Gladiator. Um, right now, running 35s on the 20-inch wheel. Um, don't really have enough experience with it yet to know how low I'm going to be able to go with it. But um, don't get anything too crazy, so not really too big of a concern as of right now, at least. Sure. No, understandable. And and that's one of those things to where, you know, you got to learn your vehicle's limits, uh, the wheels and tires limits and stuff like that. Like I said, you know, every wheel and tire combination is different. Every vehicle weight is different, like Tom was alluding to. Yeah, you go too low and that, you know, gravity kind of starts taking over on an off-camber situation. You can easily roll that tire right off the rim just because of the wheel or just because of the vehicle weight. Uh, so yeah, you know, a little bit of trepidation is completely normal there. Nathan, once you, once you get out there, start messing with it, you'll find your comfort zone. And, and, uh, I mean, just anything is better than nothing when you, when you get out of the trail, some airing down is, is required. Uh, Greg, how about you? Uh, what kind of Jeep you got? Uh, and let's talk about your wheels and tires. I got a 2000 XJ. I've got, I'm running 31s, Firestone Destination XDs. And, um, I typically run, uh, would, would go down to about, uh, 20. I don't go too I'm gonna, aggressive. I'm going to guess a 15-inch rim? Yes. Very good. It's yeah, 20 PSI is, is relatively conservative. Uh, but, uh, but you know, for, for, for the kind of wheeling, I mean, all, and again, it all depends on, on the kind of wheeling that you do. If you're, uh, you know, just kind of, uh, hitting some easy trails, uh, you know, sticking to the, the service roads, uh, stuff like that, you probably don't need to air down too much, but if you're deep in the rocks, you probably got to go down quite a bit further. Uh, let's move over to Garrett. Garrett, let's talk about your Jeep and, uh, what size tires and wheels you're running. Um, so I have a 05 TJ Rubicon, um, I have 35s, um, mile stars with 15s and I usually go down about 15 to 15 PSI. Um, I haven't really done much with my, my Grand Cherokee. Um, it's on 35s and 15s too. Um, but yeah, usually around 15 ish. Um, I do have a set of bead locks, but I took them off because they're the DIY bead locks and they're really hard to get balanced. So I took them off yeah. for right now. But I might throw them on the ZJ because um, it's more of the trail rig, so I'll be able to right. go lower with that. Yeah, the DIY bead locks and and uh, and trying to balance those, man, it's never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. Even with the uh, uh, the factory bead lock or you know off the shelf bead locks, as it were, uh, they're illegal to run on the road. I think in most states, if not all of them, uh, and I think the primary reason is is balancing issues and stuff like that. So. Uh, it's just one of those things you got to deal with. Uh, kind of curious, you know, you, you you were running the beadlocks, but then you weren't. Was it because it was a daily driver? Was it because you saw so much street time with that vehicle, or was it for another reason? Well, I, I took them off because, uh, like, it was just a lot of vibrations and yeah. just a little annoying to drive. So I just ended up going with a steel set of black wheels. So I just switched them out. I used the same tires, but I just switched out the wheels. Yeah, every so often you got to figure out where the weak spot is and, and make a change. Uh, Chris, slow ride, Chris. How about it, Chris? Uh, what kind of Jeep you got? And let's talk about your wheels and tires. I got a uh, 87 YJ. I run uh, 31 1050s on a 15 by 7. And I usually run them at around 15. 
Yeah, that's a good good combination right there. 15 pounds with that, it'll get a nice little bit of squat out of them and uh, and get that sidewall down onto the ground a little bit further. Get those lugs actually working into the trail somewhat. Uh, what kind of tires are they again? Uh, Max's Buckshot 2s. How do you like them? I like them for where I'm at in Eastern. I like them. How long have you had them? Uh, about two years. Oh, all right. Yeah, a good amount of miles on them then, I suppose. Uh, would you, real quick question, would you buy them again? Uh, I don't know. That's a good answer, actually. That's, <laughs> no, seriously. I'll let you know in two years. No, exactly. <laughs> well, right. I mean, they're, they're still kind of figuring some things out. You're not, not quite decided yet. Might, you know, the mind is open. Well, tires, uh, are, tires are so expensive. I, I don't know if you're like me or not, but you'd like to know how many miles you're going to get out of them. And nobody will tell you, you know, because it just depends. And if you if well, you buy something for fifteen hundred dollars and you get thirty thousand miles out of them that and, and you were expecting more, that sucks. Well, I don't think they a lot of mud terrains they don't rate uh, just strictly for that reason because sure. they they wear so differently. And I hear somebody getting you know fifty thousand miles out of a mud terrain tire and they're still going. I'm like, holy crap! You know that's impressive. So that's uh, yeah. But the buckshots have large lugs on them. Yeah, they sure do. They sure do. Are they noisy? Yeah, they're they're pretty loud. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that from a few people. Thanks, Chris. Uh, let's talk with uh, Bob, two cheap Jeep guys. Bob, uh, what kind of Jeep you got? And let's talk about your wheels and tires. What sizes? I have 33, 10 and a half, 15 KO2s on right. just regular old Steelys. And I'll go down to, if we're doing forced roads and stuff, about 20, 22. And then if we're doing any kind of trail, I'll go down usually 15 or 17. Seems like 15 is the magic number yep. around the campfire right now. That's that's a mark I usually shoot for myself. I'm somewhere usually around 12 or 13, to tell you the truth. Uh, 15, I think, is what I went down to in my Dura tracks. Uh, and ever since I got these pro comps, I think I'm running. I, I never, never go down below 10. I think I might have ran 10 pounds at one time in the snow. Uh, but I usually like to go down to about twelve or thirteen, uh, depending on what I'm what I'm rolling on, though. But uh, yeah, let's. Uh, how about moving over to Bill? Bill, what do you? Uh, what kind of Jeep you got? And uh, wheels and tires? Yeah, I have a uh, 2018 Jeep JL. Um, I have 17 inch wheels on the EFG KO2s, and so I'll usually run my tires down anywhere between 14 and 20. Um, you know, like what Bob said, it just kind of depends on the type of trails they're going to be doing that that day. So what if size I'm more overlanding, kind of forest roads, you know, I'm probably more at 20, and that's really more yeah. for comfort. Um, right. And then, you know, if there's any type of rock crawling or, you know, anything that's challenging, then, then I'll go down to 14. Now, what size tires were those, Bill? Uh, 37s. 37s. All right. Very good. I'm just kind of taking some notes as we go along, kind of doing some math here a little bit and uh, trying to figure out what the average is for all the people. Get a little bit of a cross-section with this little bit of a uh, diverse demographic that we have around the campfire to see if there's any science we can extrapolate from all of this. Uh, looking at Keith here. Keith, uh, what about you? Let's talk about what you drive and the size of wheels and tires you're running. You can't see it because this yep. campfire is He waited to the last moment to go run yep. to the bathroom. I think I can make it. I think I... Oh. No. There he is. I'm here. Are you there? There All right. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? <laughs> I, I can hear you. Hey, this uh, this 18 JLU, I just run the, uh, the stock rims with the uh, all-terrains, 
I don't air it on for shit. I hit it like a carrier landing. <laughs> My gig gets stuck up back up and hit it faster. It's just it's just fire roads and uh, hunting for me. Okay. <laughs> I have never heard that analogy before. <laughs> <laughs> like Another but Jeep was, talk show first. first time <laughs> back up and hit it a little harder. <laughs> I like that. Oh man, good times there, Keith. Good times. <laughs> I'm gonna have to use cowboy on the trail. All right, Chris, seven slats. Uh, Chris, let's talk about your Jeep and your wheels and tires. How how low do you go with your setup? Uh, Fifteen on the trails, and then in the sand dunes, I go twelve in the front, and ten in the rear. Uh, running wow. a fourteen JK on the uh, stock aluminum seventeen inch wheel. I do run a uh, E rated Toyo that's slightly larger. It's got oh, a pretty okay. Stiff yeah. sidewall, so no yeah. no issues there, and it's uh, the same two fifty five uh, aspect ratio. Um, or width, I should say, and uh, it seems to hold up well. But but 15 on the trails, front and back, and then in the sand dunes, I just drop it down to 12 in the front because of the weight of the engine and go down to 10 in the back, and so far, so good. Well, that sidewall rating is really working in your favor. With uh, with something like an E-rating like that, really stiff, hard sidewall, I mean, that's like a towing tire almost, uh, for, for that matter. Uh, and so you you got you know a lot of more a lot more rigidity in the sidewall there, you could probably even go a little bit lower. Uh, I'd say maybe a couple pounds uh, with the setup that you're running, but uh, I mean that you, you know your experience would uh, would justify that or not. Uh, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, real quick, we're moving over to Charles. We've got a couple more. We'll try and get through real quick. Chuck, what kind of Jeep you got? And uh, let's talk about your wheels and tire size. My uh, my wheel and Jeep is a '74 CJ5. Uh, I run a um, 10 inch wide, 15 inch just steely wheel, and I can't I don't know the brand of the tires that I have on there because I've had them for 15 years. Oh, wow. They're a uh, 331250, and I run about 8 or 9 PSI because my Jeep is pretty Spartan, so it's very light. Yeah. So if I put anything more than 10, I don't get any any wrap or anything on the rocks. Hmm. Well, I'm shocked. I knew Chuck was going to say my newest Jeep is a 1980, and it's not made of rubber tires. It's rock. We <laughs> used granite tires back in that day. I think he's still running the uh, the old BMGKM ones. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I think I think these tires I got are the Wrangler something or others that have been discontinued for a dozen years and. They, they have a really good sidewall, and uh, they, they did really well, but the Jeep is so lightweight. You can't run really any PSI. I, I know on my 81 Scrambler that I've done all that work to, I haven't really crawled it at all. I mean, I've done the pastures and stuff, but that I have the, uh, the Patagonias on that, and I have a 35 1250s, and I have to run it at about 22 PSI just to get the full tread width. So I wow. run that on the interstate at 22 psi, just because it, if I put anything more, then the the tire is actually bulging out because there's no weight to it. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, interesting. I didn't think about that. That does make sense. Yeah, so the that's the vehicle really matters. You know. Yeah. Seriously. No, 100%. And I mean, that's just, I, I'm wrapping my head around this because I'm thinking in, in, in terms of normal vehicle weight, not a, a vehicle that probably weighs 600, 800 pounds less than, than a, a comparably equipped vehicle. Um, and, and exactly what that means to what's happening to the sidewall, the tire as it's going down the road and just how much weight and, and what that does to the contact patch and you know, all that stuff. 
there's a lot of science that goes into all this stuff, a lot of physics and everything, and a lot of people don't oh. really think about that uh, when they're when they're I mean at all. Whether they're driving down the road, whether you know they're swapping out a tire, whether they're choosing tires, or whether wheeling on a trail, not really thinking about contact patch quite as much as, as you know as somebody else. Uh, really interesting information, Charles. Thank you for sharing. Uh, let's real quick uh, over to to Larry with G, uh, Jeep and Mo. Uh, Larry, let's talk about your Jeep and your wheels and tires real quick. Yeah, so we have an 18 JLU, and uh, we're running a set of 35 inch miles for our Patagonias on an 18 inch rim. And typically, I'll take it down around 15, although I have accidentally taken it down to 10 a couple times, <laughs> and it did a really good job, although, you know, it, it stayed on the rim. They're just standard rims. They're not bead locks or anything, but typically, yeah. it's just 15. 10 PSI with an 18-inch rim. I don't, I don't man. That's just, it seems <laughs> like you're getting down to, uh, you're getting down almost yeah. no no sidewall there. It's like, oh, am I going to be uh, chewing some rubber on this, or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know, is there anything left in there or not? Larry, uh, Larry told me it was like a, seeing a fat guy b- belly up to a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I sometimes worry about uh, the larger tire size, you know, the 18s, the, the 20s and stuff, and, and running like a 35 or a 37-inch tire even. Uh, I almost think that tires of that, or a wheel, I'm sorry, wheels of that size all, should almost be reserved for something like 38s or 40s, uh, just because Seba. of the ratio. You know? <laughs> <Yeah. But I'm, laughs> 37s are this summer. <laughs> oh, there you, go. Oh. there you go. Nice. Nice. Well, we'll have to wait for the pictures on that. All right. To round off our list, close things out, uh, I'm going to talk with John Lee really quick. John, uh, let's talk about your Jeep and your wheel and tire size real quick. So I'll talk about the ones I've actually wheeled. So I've got 37s oh, yeah, on it right. now. But but I've actually, with the 35s, I had 17-inch uh, Icon alloys, and I was running the 35 by 12.5, uh, 17 Toyo MTs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would run those at about 13. They're an E-rated tire, like you heard before, okay. so you can run them yep. pretty low. And never had any issues with, with the beat or anything. I haven't played with the 37 jets, so I don't know what, what pressure I'm going to run them at. So I started at 20 and worked my way down. 13 seemed to be about about the right the right pressure to run at least at hidden falls um like everyone else says if you're hitting up the when i was in colorado i ran them around 22 23 and that was about it john how many miles on your uh differential gear break in i hit 500 oh my god i would have a timely time a timely uh moment to ask that question you finally made it six months after having the gears changed (laughs) i'm gonna swap out the the diff fluid and everything saturday i already got all the stuff to do it so well, smell it for me, man. <laughs> yeah. well, the only, only thing left after that is a uh, shakedown run. Yep, that's got scheduled uh, the last weekend in January, heading up to Hidden Falls. You're, you're looking huh. for a Jag right. at the school uh, drive-thru to test it out on, right? Yeah, I tried, man. Just see if I can climb up the hood a little bit. Yeah. Maybe uh, flex it out. Who needs Poser How Rock? How do you like me now? Who huh? needs Poser huh? Rock when you've got a Miata <laughs> in any given Oh, I think party. it was a Jaguar or something he was driving. <laughs> something, something really expensive. Kind of like the same cost as uh, John's uh, Jeep now after he's put all those modifications on it. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk with our uh, co-host here real quick before we wrap this segment up. Uh, Tony, uh, what, uh, what about you? What tires you? Well, we know what tires you're running. You're running the, uh, the, uh, the Rodian MTXs. I've uh, got uh, 58s on a 37-inch <laughs> wheel. You <laughs> do not. Tony's all crunked it's out. All, it's oh, chrome man. and well-polished. 
<laughs> and he, yeah, and he has to have a ladder to get into it at that point. The twenty-four inch. <laughs> I just, I just stand on some of the spokes on the wheel uh, yeah, no to get kidding. in. Uh, oh yeah, God. so uh, on the uh, the Gladiator, it's uh, 35, 12 and a half by 17s, and it's 17 because that's what it comes from from the factory, because I believe in smaller wheels and bigger rubber. Uh, I, I learned bigger rubber a long time ago that is a, a good thing, especially when you air down, and uh, I air down to 14 PSI, and I air down to 14 PSI because that's what we did on Big Bear Lake when we were up on uh, Gold Mountain. Yep, on Gold Mountain. And I sat and spoke with Don Alexander and told him, uh, I asked him about uh, what PSI you run tires at. And we talked about that. And then I said, you know, I'd like, I'd like to get bead locks, but they're illegal. And uh, Don said, they are not. It is not written any place that, that they're illegal. And he said, fight me. So I just took him at his word. <laughs> Come at <Wise> me, bro. <laughs> if, you, if you think of anything else, no. But the 14 PSI works out really well for the uh, the Nexon Rodian MTXs. And I did. I did learn that whenever I went out to uh, that wheeling event for uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nexon and where I met Wendy. And it's so unusual to actually meet people. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Tony, Tony, at the Jeep Talk Show event at Hedden Falls uh, last September, September was it yep, September? September. Um, uh, what were we running for PSI in the Jeep then? I was running uh, 14 PSI when I picked you up at the airport. And, were then, not. and then 50 PSI when we were off-road. <laughs> yeah, right. Like Take your bass you know. act. There. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, I actually got, uh, it was, uh, oh, I'm uh, Phoenix... Uh, 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 tire deflators, uh, and I'm not I'm not remembering right, but we did an interview with uh, Phoenix something or another, and I bought a set of tire deflators from uh, from that gentleman, that elderly gentleman that runs that business, and uh, he set them for 14 psi for me. So uh, at the, uh, the I think the first time I used them was the off road event that uh, we oh. went to, uh, Josh, and uh, 14 psi worked out really well. You drove yeah, the Gladiator, uh, yep. you got the feel a little bit feel for that. And yep. uh, also used it when I went to the uh, offroading 101.com uh, uh, offroading class uh, at 14 PSI and also worked out very well. Very nice. Very nice. Wendy, you want to chime in on this? You guys, uh, you know what uh, tire size and wheel size and PSI you run? Yep. We, uh, 2008 JKU, we have 37, 12, 15, 12 and a half by 17. Mm-hmm. We air down to 14, like Tony said. It is the Nexon, Nexon Rodian MTXs. Um, if we're in snow, we might go down a little bit lower. We do have bead locks, but there is no reason for us to go any lower in the air that Nexon tires so good for all, everything we do. So, um, it seems to work out really well. 14 is perfect. If you want to be spoiled, get a, get a Nexon Rodian MTX. It's just Serious. amazing. Oh, and Black Josh. Black Diamond Trail. It was amazing. Yes. They're F rated. Oh, I did not know that. I think if you look at your tires, they'll say that. I think that's what you yeah, got too, to- right? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna dig into the dig into that sidewall a little bit more and see what I got. You could, yeah, you're using those tires for for planners now around the house, aren't yeah. you? <laughs> Sleeping in them at this point. But but well, actually, wanna, what's what's amazing, real quick, is on that F rating. You think it's going to be really really stiff and hard? It's not. It actually flexes really well, which is why we don't have to go down any lower than 14 on that tire. So there you go. Best of both worlds there. Yep. Well, big big thanks uh, out to all the people around the campfire tonight. Uh, John, Larry, Charles, Chris, Keith, uh, Bill, Bob. 
Chris as well. Garrett, Greg gets a shout out. Uh, Nathan from Pittsburgh. And of course, Tom P for starting things off tonight. I uh, thank my co-host as well. It's a good topic uh, this week, and uh, next week it's going to be something completely different. If you would like to join in on the Campfire Side Chat, well, the best way to do that is to follow us on Facebook. We're always posting stuff up there, and you can follow us there and get the inside information as far as what's going on there. Or even better, you get, receive notifications via our newsletter. Sign up for that newsletter, and, uh, and you're going to get all kinds of good stuff. The inside info, uh, advanced notice on giveaways and interviews, and even the links on how to join in with the show as we record the episode so you yourself could be a part of the Jeep Talk Show. It's very easy to sign up for that newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find that link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it's very easy to unsubscribe. Just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. We don't sell your information. We don't spam you. Sign up for the newsletter today. Well, that's another show in the can, Jeeper, but don't worry, there's another episode right down the trail. So from all of us here at the Jeep Talk Show, we thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I seems to have a frog in my throat. Jeep Talk Show is a no-judging podcast. Podcasting <laughs> oh, since 2010. I guess that's true, unless you're not driving a Jeep. <laughs>